0: Did y'all enjoy the dinner tonight, as usual? Yeah, you can clap. That's good. They always do a great job over there. I heard there was a peculiar guy behind the counter this this (laughs) evening, though. Was there? Okay. Well, good. I'm glad it still worked out in your favor. So, um, well, I'm glad, glad you're here. I've been gone for a little while, so it's good to be back. Went to a conference, a worship pastor's conference. Lisa was able to go with me. And it was just a wonderful time, uh, a, a great time of inspiration. Um, heard some new music, and I was able to get some, some great ideas, new ideas to bounce around. And so it's uh, it's fun. And I, I'm always appreciative of the church giving us that opportunity to go and do that. So let's stand, and let me pray as we begin our time of worship tonight. Lord, we thank you so much for your love for us, and we just want to show our love for you tonight in our worship. So as we sing and as we um, read scripture and hear it proclaimed, Lord, I pray that you would see their heart's desire is to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: I believe in the Son See
0: Of a faithful God. Let's
1: sing this great hymn. Come, thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of sin when your love came how great a death lift your voice. Now my soul can sing a new song. Now my heart
0: thank you so much that your grace is always with us we're never alone you're always there waiting for us to turn to you to call upon your name to cry out and petition petition and prayer the needs that we have Lord that we can't fix only you can fix God, I thank you for your faithfulness, for your power in our lives that sustains us through those times, for the power that gives us grace to continue on, to continue to be piercing the darkness, your light shining in this place. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. I know you share the sentiment. It's good to have Mark back. He always does an exceptional job of leading us before the throne of God. And so thank you for that, Mark. Uh, we're continuing on Wednesday nights in our recharge, our short little sermonettes on uh, walking through, taking an extensive theological look. Heaven. Before I get too far into it, if you have any questions that you would like for me to address when I'm up here about the topic of heaven, you can email me those um, and I will address those. I I probably have about five more planned out uh, little little talks and then I'm happy to address. And I've already got yours, Danny Ball. It's the top of my list, okay? So there you go. All right, the question that we're going to be chasing tonight is, will we be capable of sinning in heaven? Will we be capable of sinning in heaven? Uh, now, th- this is an incredibly important uh, thought or topic to chase and, and to understand. And, and before you give a quick no, uh, part of the reason that this question is so important is because it ties to original sin and free will, okay? So, so if Adam and Eve, right, if they were perfect in the garden uh, and, and they sinned because God gave them free will, uh, will we be able to sin, okay? Uh, now with that, let's go ahead and give a resounding note, okay? Uh, that scripture speaks clearly to that. Let me read a number of verses for you. Uh, that are very important as we circle up at the end of the Bible in terms of this picture of what heaven will be like, okay? Uh, we're told in Revelation 21 verse 4 that there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. So, it, and if you think through, right, if Romans six twenty-three, for the wages of sin is death... The promise that there would be no more death must also be a promise that there is no more sin, okay because the consequence what uh, the, the consequence the inevitable overflow of sinning is death and separation from god that 's what got us in this Entire mess to begin with, okay? And so the promises at the very end, right, that there is no more death or mourning or crying or pain. In fact, it was that sin, even that one sin, that resulted in all the overflow of uh, the destruction of our bodies and the world and all of that, okay? Similarly, we hear uh, passages that emphasize, okay, Hebrews uh, chapter... uh, 9, uh, 26 through 28 and ten ten 10, uh, really emphasize that Christ died once for all sin. He died once for all sin. That he accomplished the righteousness of God once for all sin. Okay? And so uh, he will not die again. He will not have to fix this thing again for one single offering he has perfected for all time, Hebrews 10, 14, those who are sanctified. So think about that statement, perfected for all time, those who are being sanctified. First John 3, 2 says, when we see him, we shall be like him. Furthermore, we know that nothing impure will ever enter into uh, the new Jerusalem, the eternal Jerusalem. New heaven and new earth, Revelation 21 verse uh, 27. Okay, because evil will be cast out and eternally separated. That that judgment seat, and we'll circle up in a couple weeks and we'll talk more extensively about the two judgment seats and what that entails. But there is this finality where, where evil and sin have been permanently forever separated Away from God. 1 Corinthians 15.52, listen to this. Uh, says that we will be raised incorruptible. Okay? Incorruptible. Okay? That just doesn't mean uncorrupted. That means immune to being corrupted. Immune to being corrupted. Romans 6.7 says, Anyone who has died has been freed from sin. You see, but but you ask this question, but wait a second. Adam and Eve, again, they were sinless. And they were placed in a perfect paradise. And they had communion with God. And they still fell. What's the difference? The difference is Christ. That in Jesus Christ, in the unfolding plan of God... You and I get clothed with the righteousness of God, and in our seeing Him, okay, seeing Him, that is somehow different than Adam and Eve walking with God in the cool of the day. Our seeing Him at the end of time fixes us, it fixes us, okay, because we are clothed with his righteousness. Sin will have absolutely no appeal. It will be literally unthinkable. I have no desire to eat carpet. None. Doesn't tempt me in the least bit. You and I will not even be able to be tempted in the new heaven and the new earth. That, that, and, and somehow this does not uh, violate our free will, okay? Because, just, just because we, he will fix us in such a way that we will, sin is not even possible, and yet we still have free will. So God himself is the freest of all beings, and yet, He does not sin. He has no desire to sin. We would even say he cannot sin. That when that righteousness of Christ comes upon us, that is the way that it will be. Will we be tempted? No. What is there to tempt us? We will never forget the ugliness of sin. We will never forget it. We will always remember what sin cost our Redeemer. We'll be able to look at his scarred hands and know. You and I cannot remember a time when we were not sinners. We've always carried sin's baggage. We, We have always been tempted with pride and lust and greed and selfishness from the very beginning what will it be like to have nothing but pure thoughts to have no question of my faithfulness for him prone to wander lord i feel it prone to leave the god i love what will it be like to be faithful To our King, to not have a heart that wanders, to never be tempted to degrade another person, to idolize them, to be jealous of them, to be able to abide perfectly in the love and admonition and the truth of Jesus Christ. To be able to love others selflessly, right? To be patient, to be kind, to, to understand and, and to get others, right? From the sense of like, like we're still going to be different, right? And some of you guys are quirky. I'm not quirky, but you guys are quirky. <laughs> but to be able to, yeah, yeah. But to be able to, to like, we'll have, In communication, it, it's not going to be perfect, right? Because we're going to still learn and we're still going to grow. But we're going to be able to do that without sin, guys. Without, without prideful competition. To be able to, to discover the beauty of God and other people. What is it going to be like? Sin is no more. It is good, it is right for us to long and to think, to long for our heavenly home, to ask these excellent questions, to know this that somehow the entire process is even better than Adam and Eve had it in the very beginning even better it's not just eden restored it's even better because we get christ it's even better the incarnate god who dwells and walks amongst us and we get the holy spirit in such a way that we don't sin heavenly father we thank you for this good news and as we meditate on it and as we long in our broken fragile state God at times in this life so weary from our temptation so weary from our lack of ability to abide in you and to be disciplined and to keep our priorities straight and to not get distracted and to, we sing about it that, that we are prone to wander Lord we feel it but there is coming a day and we will never stray from you again. We long for that. Continue to fill our hearts and encourage us. We love you. Help us to walk with you, King Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Right, God bless you guys. Hopefully you've been recharged. You are dismissed. My class will meet in here. We'll start in five minutes.